Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. He added, through Joseph, salvation from starvation. So God did add a lot to Jacob's family through Joseph. Salvation and repentance, a land to live in, a land to multiply in. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ, him, him, he could be called Joseph. We can call him Joseph. Because just look at what the Lord Jesus Christ added to us. We can say he shall add. His name, is, his name is Jesus. It could be also Joseph. Why? He added to us salvation from our sins. He added to us adoption into the family of God. He added to us an inheritance that doesn't fade away. He added to us resurrection from the dead eternal life, a home in heaven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's why we see the Lord Jesus as our Joseph. He's the one who adds to us. And when we think of Joseph as the Savior that was given to the family of Jacob, we see that there's another Savior that was given to the family of Jacob. And where, 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 where do we get this from? Isaiah 9, 6 is telling us there was another Savior added to the family of Jacob. How do you get that? Unto us. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. See all that, unto us, unto us, unto who? Isaiah's writing to the Jewish people in Isaiah 9, 6. And what he's saying is that unto us, the Jewish people, a child is born. Unto us, the Jewish people, a son is given. Unto us, the family of Jacob a child is born. Unto us, the family of Jacob, a son is given. So what the angel said could be applied to the family of Jacob in Matthew one twenty one. Matthew one twenty one. And she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Just like Joseph was a member of the family of Joseph, of Jacob, yet he was a savior given to the family of Jacob. So in Matthew one twenty one, it just could, just could be reading like this. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his family of Jacob from their sins. I mean, what a truth to meditate on. What a truth to meditate on, that in Joseph, God gave a savior from starvation to the family of Jacob. And how it just draws us to meditate on how God later gave a savior from eternal death to the family of Jacob. God gave a savior also to the family of Jacob, to the family of man. So when you think about this, this really gives a, and you see this in the light of Jacob, Joseph and Jacob's family, then it gives meaning to the idea of gave in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent 
not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And this now brings to us a crystallization of why God was so pleased with Abraham in Genesis 22. Because it's a type of this great giving in Genesis 22, 12, Genesis 2, 12. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou any harm unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Right alongside, you put that verse as Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. 1 John 4.9. 1 John 4.9. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hearing his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In Mark 12, 6, Mark 12, 6, telling that parable, and he finally gets to the end, he said, having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, they will reverence my son. Now, what's amazing about this whole chapter 37 is how no one knew, no one knew who Joseph was. No one, not even Jacob, took Joseph's dreams seriously. No one even considered for an infinitesimal moment, maybe he's gonna be ruler over us. When Joseph told his dreams of how he was gonna rule over them and how they'd all bound out to him, it was summarily dismissed as untrue, not possible. It was not even considered, could it be? It was put out of the mind immediately as that's a myth, that's a fairy tale. It was foolish to even give it a second thought. See, all of Jacob's family, with an almost irrational prejudice, said impossible, and they would not allow themselves to think of the possibility that it might be true. They just didn't know who he was. They didn't know who Joseph was. They just didn't even consider who he might be. They had no idea that right in the middle of their family was their savior from starvation, just like the Lord Jesus Christ, just like the Lord Jesus. Sweet little holy child, we didn't know who you were. See, just as if Joseph and the family of Jacob, it's, that's the way it is with the Lord Jesus Christ today and the greater family of Jacob, the Jewish people. Even the possibility that he might, maybe he's the Messiah, summarily dismissed as untrue. It's not even considered that it might be true. Put out of the mind immediately. It's a myth. It's a fairy tale. It's foolish to give it a second thought. And most of Jacob's family today, with an almost irrational prejudice, say, impossible. I won't allow myself to even think that it might be true. That's what it means when it says in John 1.11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. He came unto his own, and his own would not even consider. He came unto his own, the family of Jacob. The family of Jacob would not even consider him to be the Messiah. Out of the question, as he said in Isaiah 1.3, the ox knoweth his owner, the ass his master's crib. Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. That's what we battle in Jewish evangelism. For the most part, once a person sees, and Jewish people, once they see the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You know, I think I may have told you, like the lady in the motorized wheelchair getting into the elevator at the building where my cardiologist was, and, and I had gotten off the elevator, and, and she was getting on the elevator, 
and I gave her my testimony book, and my testimony book says the Lord Jesus Christ on the cover, which some of the summer blitzers say, could we just take that off? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> and so and she sees the name, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cover, and she says, oh, no. And she gives it back to me. She's in the elevator. I'm outside the elevator, and the door's starting to shut. I put my hand to make the door go, but I said, look, the door came open one more time. Are you sure? Because soon the door's going to close. And this opportunity to consider the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah will be closed. And she said, no. Door closed. Now, if someone in the family, I'm talking about Jacob's family, if someone in Jacob's family said, I don't know for sure. I mean, I just don't know for sure. But I don't know, maybe we all will bow down to Joseph. You think it might be possible? I don't know, maybe Joseph's gonna rule over us. I don't know. But maybe the dreams came from God. Maybe Joseph's really gonna dominate over us. I mean, the subject of his dreams were these sheaves of corn, and, and, and that's our food. And so, I don't know, maybe our food source is gonna fail. It's all gonna fall down, and, and his food source is gonna stand, and, and there's gonna come some kind of famine that might drive us to Joseph. You know, I think it could be true. You know what happened? Anybody talk like that? All the rest of the family would come down on that person and say, get a grip. No, don't even consider such nonsense. Put it out of your mind. Don't think about it again. Can you imagine the pressure from the rest of the family if one person stepped out of line and said that it was true that Joseph is going to be the ruler over our family? Can you imagine what the brothers would do to the person in the family who said, you know, I think it's true. I believe it's true. I think Joseph's going to rule over us. I think we're going to be bowing down to him. We're all not going to have any food. We're going to come to him for food. You imagine what, you know, you know, imagine what the brothers would say to that person. I'll tell you what they'd say. They'd, say, they'd put it like this. If you believe that Joseph is going to rule over us, you can no longer be a part of the family of Jacob. If you believe that the son is God, you could be a part of the family of Jacob. But if you believe that Joseph is going to rule over us, you can't be a part of this family of Jacob anymore. You may have been born a member of this family of Jacob, but this person, Joseph, is the dividing line right down the middle. And if you believe that Joseph is going to rule over us, if you believe those dreams are true, even though you're born into this family of Jacob, you are excluded from the family of Jacob, all because you believe what you believe about Joseph. Joseph is the dividing line between acceptance into the family of Jacob and rejection from the family of Jacob. Believe that Joseph will not rule over you, that his dreams are not, are not true. You remain a member of the family of Jacob. Believe that his dreams are true. Believe that Joseph is going to rule over us. You are no longer a part of the family of Jacob. You choose, especially if you are baptized into believing that Joseph is going to rule over us. You can never be a part of the family of Jacob. As a matter of fact, it's painful for us even to acknowledge that Joseph is really a part of this family of Jacob. You know, one day we're going to throw him in a pit. We have to admit that he was born a part of the family of Jacob, but we're not proud of Joseph, and we don't like to think about Joseph. Now, all of this family business about Joseph is a picture of today, where the family of Jacob is the family of Jacob. Just got a little bigger, called the Jewish people. And Joseph is the Lord Jesus Christ, where the following is held today by the extended family of Jacob, the Jewish people, and they say, if you believe 
that Jesus is going to rule over us as God. You can no longer be a part of the extended family of Jacob. You can no longer be a part of the Jewish people. Or you can be an atheist. Oh, yeah, you can be an atheist. You can believe the sun is God. You can be a Buddhist. You'll still be a part of the family of Jacob. You'll still be Jewish. But if you believe that Jesus is going to be a ruler as God over us, you can't be a part of the family of Jacob. You can't be Jewish, especially if you're baptized into believing that Jesus is God. He's going to rule over us. Then you can never be a part of the, the family of Jacob. You can never become a citizen of the state of Israel. You may have been born, as Joseph was, a member of the family of Jacob. You may have been born Jewish, but you're no longer Jewish if you believe Jesus is God. You may have been born a member of the family of Jacob. You may have been born Jewish, but this person, Jesus, he's the dividing line. And if you believe that Jesus is God and is going to rule over us, even though you were born Jewish, you are excluded from the family. You're no longer Jewish, all because you believe uh, what you believe about Jesus and this is what he, as it says in John 9, 22, the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. What? Jesus is the dividing line between acceptance into the family of Jacob and rejection from the family of Jacob, from being a Jew or not being a Jew. Believe that Jesus will not rule over us as God. Don't be a follower of Jesus. You remain Jewish a member of the family of Jacob. Believe that Jesus is God. He's going to rule over us. Be a follower of Jesus. You are no longer Jewish. You are no longer part of this family. You choose. Especially if you are baptized into believing that Jesus is God, so said the Supreme Court of Israel, you cannot obtain Israeli citizenship if you weren't born in Israel. Be baptized, so the Israeli Supreme Court says, be baptized and you can never become a citizen of the Jewish homeland, Israel, if you weren't born in Israel. As a matter of fact, it's painful for us even to acknowledge that Jesus is Jewish or part of the family of Jacob. We have to admit it, that he was born Jewish or part of the family of Jacob, but we're not proud of Jesus and we don't like to think about Jesus, just like Joseph. So as we mentioned earlier, the name that Rachel meant uh, by, by Joseph really was an insult to Joseph. I mean, Rachel named Joseph, and when she gave the meaning of why she named Joseph, she insulted Joseph. And when Joseph was born, you know, she said in Genesis 30, 24, she called his name Joseph, where she said, God shall add to me another son. But it means he shall add. In other words, the meaning of Joseph's name is God shall add. We already saw that God did add through Joseph, preservation of the family. But God did add through Joseph. Now, but Rachel did not mean that God would add through Joseph. Rachel meant that God would add after Joseph. Rachel meant that God would add another son beyond Joseph, after Joseph. So what Rachel was saying here is that don't waste your time on this child, Joseph, because another son is coming. And as we already saw this meaning that Rachel put behind the name of Joseph was an insult to Joseph, but Rachel's meaning for Joseph really said, don't waste your time on this son, Joseph, because another one's coming he, he, beyond him. He's the important one. See, this, what, what she was saying is that Joseph's insignificant. So Rachel really built into the name of Joseph this anticipation of somewhere out there he's coming, you know, for the birth of the next son. See, oh, oh, here's Joseph. His name is, you've got to look for the other son. You know, his name, is he here? 
Is he there? You know, art thou he that should come or look we for another? See, Rachel made his name Joseph to tell the people to look beyond or look after him for the more important person for the next son. The meaning that that Rachel gave to, to Joseph's name was beyond this son, coming after this son, yet to come. See, Rachel built this concept into the name of Joseph. It's this anticipation of the son to be born. It's the don't waste your time on Joseph because there's another son who's going to be born. And just as Rachel meant the name of Joseph to be a looking beyond Joseph for some other son, the Jews today follow that. The Jews today say that they believe that the Messiah has not yet come, and they're still looking for him to come. So if they're following Rachel in the name that she gave to Joseph, and the Jews today are looking beyond Jesus for some other son of Jacob who will be the Messiah. See, following the concept that Jacob gave to the name of Joseph, the common Jewish concept today is don't waste your time focused on Jesus because a greater than Jesus is coming. And the common Jewish position is Jesus cannot be the Messiah, so we're looking beyond Jesus for the Messiah. That follows Rachel's concept that she gave to the name Joseph. But even though Joseph was rejected, which he was, by all the family as the one who would rule over them, the one who they would bow down to, the truth is that Joseph was the one, and he did become their ruler And they all did bow down, as it says in Genesis 41, 43, Genesis 41, 43. He made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they cried before him, before Joseph, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. So even though Jesus is rejected as the one who who will rule over them, and they'll bow down to, the truth is, is that he is the Lord over all. Everyone will bow down to him, as it says in Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, just the name, just the name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what God said way back in Isaiah 45, 23, Isaiah 45, 23. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth, in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. So God saw that the family of Jacob was going to need a savior from starvation. And so God devised a plan of salvation for the family of Jacob. And God's plan of salvation for the family of Jacob was a person. God's plan was not a plan. It was a person. It was Joseph. That was God's plan. If you were a part of the family of Jacob and you hated Joseph, which they did, there was no other way for you to be saved from starvation except through Joseph. God's plan of salvation was Joseph and God didn't change. God didn't say, oh, you hate Joseph? Well, let's see, I'll come up with somebody else. He didn't do that. If you hated Joseph, the only way you could be saved from starvation was to change your attitude. Change your attitude toward Joseph. Change your position. If you hated Joseph, the only way you could be saved from starvation was repentance. You had to repent of your hatred toward Joseph and turn around and love Joseph. The only way for you to escape starvation from death was change your feelings toward Joseph because God's plan of salvation for the family of Jacob was Joseph. That's it. 
And God saw the family of man. He looked at the family of man, and he says, they're going to need a savior. They're going to need a savior from the judgment of hell. So God devised a plan of salvation from hell. And God's plan of salvation for the family of man is a person, Jesus. And if you don't care for Jesus, if you don't like Jesus, if a person doesn't like Jesus, doesn't care for Jesus, there's no other way to be saved. There's no other way to be saved from hell except through Jesus, as it's written in Acts 4.10. Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by this man, even by this man stand here before you whole. This is stone which the builders rejected. It says in verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. God's plan of salvation for the family of man is Jesus. If a person doesn't like Jesus, if a person doesn't care for Jesus, the only way he can be saved from hell is change his attitude toward Jesus. If a person doesn't care for Jesus, the only way he can be saved from hell is to repent and turn around and love Jesus with all the heart, soul, and the mind. Only way, that's the only way. The only way a person can be saved from hell is change the feelings about Jesus and make him personal Lord and Savior. Because God's plan of salvation for the family of man is Jesus, just as God's plan of salvation for the family of Jacob was Joseph. And this this is a change. This is the great change that Paul went through. And he said, look, because I went through this change, watch me, I'm your key, Jewish people. I'm your pattern, I'm your pathway and in Acts 26, you read that for yourself, but Acts 26, 9, he, tell, he says, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And he talks about shutting people up in prison, putting them to death, punishing them, exceeding mad against them, he said, I persecuted. And that came that time when he said to the Lord Jesus, who art thou, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus. And everything changed. And therefore, Paul said, you look at my life, Jewish people. It's what you got to do. Because God's plan for the family of man, for the Jewish people, for the family of Jacob, is Jesus. So what we've seen is that God knew that the family of Jacob was going to, was going to face death by starvation in the future. He saw that. Therefore, God gave a savior to the family of Jacob. That savior was Joseph, and Joseph would save the family of Jacob from salvation. The birth of of the savior of Jacob's family, Joseph was so insignificant that the meaning of his name means look for the next one. (laughs) And then God gave prophecies in the forms of dreams of how Joseph was going to save them and by ruling over them. But when these prophecies, these dreams were announced to the family, the prophecies, the dreams were just rejected By the family of Jacob, no one in the family even considered it remotely possible that Joseph would be their ruler, not even their father Jacob, who loved him. But he changed. No one in the family of Jacob recognized their savior. And the brothers of Jacob actually hated their savior with envy, and they hated him the idea of him being their future Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you have written down here in your book that points so much to our Savior and helps us to understand. In Jesus' name, amen.
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back. So join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.